You may be seated, and if you would turn in your copy of the scriptures to Galatians chapter 6. We'll be reading verses 7 through 10. Please give your attention to God's holy word. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let's pray. Almighty God, as there is this correlation between sowing and reaping, because you are a just God, we are also reminded that you are a good and loving God, and that you have called us who have reaped up for ourselves eternal destruction and judgment because of our sins. We thank you that our Lord Jesus Christ, in your justice, took our sins upon himself, paid the penalty that was rightly due unto us, so that we now, in him, because of your Spirit living and working in our lives, can sow according to the Spirit, And that one day we can look forward to reaping eternal life because of what you have done in us and for us. Father, help us to understand this your word this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I was really surprised as I was reading the commentaries uh, this week on this passage because both John Calvin and Martin Luther uh, had the very, uh, they had the exact uh, same interpretation of this passage. And it brightened my heart. Because what they said was that this passage teaches that a congregation should pay their pastor generously. Who am I to doubt Calvin and Luther? (laughs) And what they were doing is they were looking at verse 6, and in verse 6 it says, The one who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. And they were interpreting that not as you teach, if you learn something from the scripture, um, share it with the one who teaches. Rather, they were saying, if you are benefiting from the word of God, then share your life and your wealth and your possessions with the, uh, with the one who teaches. And then they interpreted Paul in verses 7 through 10 uh, in this terms of the sowing and the reaping. They interpreted it in terms of the passage from 2 Corinthians. 9 verse 6 that says um, he who sows generously will reap generously and, and um, so they saw this as a, an exhortation to pay the pastor well as much as it kills me to do this 
I've got to disagree with them. Um, I don't think that's what this passage is saying. Um, I think what this passage is saying, however, is that there are enduring self-evident principles in terms of this... um, this idea of sowing and reaping. And what he's saying to the Galatians, he's saying, if you give up the gospel, and they were very much in danger of giving up the gospel, he's saying, if you give up the gospel, there are devastating consequences awaiting the church. Uh, If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. He says that the church, if they give up the gospel, the church will be corrupted from the inside and eventually destroyed. And the people will miss out on eternal life because they have given up justification by faith alone and are seeking to be justified by their works. And I think this is the reason for this passage uh, being here in, um, in the book of Galatians. And so as I said, uh, the Apostle Paul is, is using this idea of sowing and reaping because he is, he's using an illustration of the self, self-evident, the enduring principles of sowing and reaping. We saw it, that it appears throughout the Scriptures, and the Apostle Paul is using this as a warning for uh, the Galatians. There are four uh, principles that I drew from this principle of uh, sowing and reaping. You have an outline on the back of your bulletin, so I want to run through those uh, four principles this morning. The first principle is that everyone sows. In other words, everyone is a farmer. Either you are sowing to the flesh or you are sowing to the Spirit. Jesus Himself said, if you are not with Me, you are against Me. He said in another place, a person cannot serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. The Lord Jesus said in the book of Revelation, speaking to the churches, um, He said, I know your deeds. I know that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. There's no middle ground. There's no neutral soil. The Apostle John said, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of possessions, is not from the Father, but from the world. So I need to ask you this morning as we begin looking at this passage, what is the pattern of your life? Are you sowing to please the the flesh, or are you sowing to please the Spirit? There is no more important question that you can be facing at this moment. What is the pattern of your life? Are you sowing as the pattern of your life to please your flesh? Or are you sowing as the pattern of your life to please the Spirit?
As I've already said, there's no middle ground. There's no neutral soil. There are no neutral seeds. If you need to drop out of the sermon right now mentally and deal with this question, I would urge you to do so. Because the rest of this sermon will do you no good if you are not sowing to please the Spirit, but rather sowing to please your flesh. You need to make time right now to go to God to repent of that sin. Um, You can do that very silently. Uh, No one else needs to know. But you need to take that time right now and go to God. Are you, what is the pattern of your life? Are you sowing to flee, please the flesh or sowing to please the Spirit? The second principle is related to it, and that is consequences are inescapable. He says here in verse 7, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that he will also reap. Not that he might reap, that he will reap. Consequences are inescapable. Our culture needs to hear this message. Because our culture says, I can do whatever I wish without being accountable. I can sin with impunity. No matter what I do now, well, later in my life I can become a spiritual person. And there are people also saying in our culture that morals are just a convention of a past culture. You can live immorally. You can't even really talk about living immorally since there are no morals. You can live how you want to. But yet they're always surprised when their lives spin out of control, when they begin reaping what they are sowing, because the consequences are inescapable. I'm not speaking to any political point right now, but I am speaking to a reality in our culture. Our government needs to hear this message um, that consequences are inescapable. When we are sowing and spending like there are no consequences, there will be a day of reckoning. I'm simply using the government spending as an illustration of this pervasive um, practice in our culture of living like there are no consequences. Not only are the consequences inescapable, they are inescapable because one cannot escape God's notice. Do not be deceived, verse 7. God is not mocked. One cannot escape God's notice. We read in our responsive reading from Romans chapter 2, God will give each person according to what he has done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking, who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verses 13 and 14 ends the, uh, the book of Ecclesiastes by saying this, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. He's going to look, Mr. or Mrs. Farmer, and see what you have grown in your life. And he is going to look and see what you have sown in your life. And that's just not Old Testament. This is New Testament as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one of us... Let's just pause there. Every one of you, myself, each one of us, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Were we to measure our lives in the scales, the scales would tilt us completely in the favor or in the disfavor of acting in the flesh. And this illustration is really not a very good illustration because God's not going to measure the good and the bad because one sin against an infinitely holy God is enough to tilt the scales to our eternal judgment. Our only hope is to flee to the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive His righteousness that He has promised to all who trust in Him. To to flee to Him and receive that justification, that forgiveness of sins that He has promised to all who flee to Him for refuge. And so, if you have not fled to the Lord Jesus Christ, I urge you to flee there now. Thirdly, the third principle we see here in terms of sowing and reaping is that our present actions have corresponding outcomes. Verse 8, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. The one who sows to the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Sowing to the flesh by definition, is going to reap fleshly circumstances. In other words, you should not think that if you are sowing to the flesh that you are going to grow spiritually. It won't happen. I think so much of us, we we sow to the flesh and we wait for God to to do some miracle in our life and and have some pivot in our life so that now we begin, um, we reap the benefits of, uh, of a spiritual life. And certainly God can do that in regeneration and conversion. Uh, He can turn us from following ourselves to following the Lord Jesus Christ. But as a Christian, you should know that if you are sowing to 
to please the flesh, you will reap fleshly outcomes. As a non-Christian, by definition, you are sowing to please the flesh, and you will receive fleshly outcomes. Um, But even we as Christians can do this as well. Sowing to the flesh produces fleshly circumstances. Uh, Secondly, the outcomes of our actions reveal our motives. I'm not going to deal with this as much as I uh, would have. I just simply want to say that if you want to know what's going on in your heart, if you want to be able to see beneath your flesh and see your desires, Look at the circumstances you find yourself in. The circumstances you find yourselves in are part of the reaping. And you can know how you got there. or You can know the motives by looking backwards from where you are uh, to how you got there. For instance, um, if someone is... Uh, trying to think of now that I stepped away from my notes I want to step back in in terms of a, of anger you struggle with anger well that's just who I am uh, that's the way God made me no you have sown anger in your heart if anger has become a part of your lifestyle and you need to repent and you need to turn to God and you need to ask Him for grace and then there's going to be a lot of sowing of righteousness and sowing of patience and sowing of um, self-giving to replace all those seeds of anger that have led to a, to an angry life. So um, the outcomes of our actions reveal our motives. Uh, thirdly, under this subpoint uh, of our present actions have corresponding outcomes. We must sow to the Spirit because it is the Spirit who produces spiritual fruit in our life. Well, how do you produce spiritual fruit? Or how do you, we've been talking about this this last few weeks? If we've been looking at the fruit of the Spirit, you you sow the means of grace in your life. Uh, you read God's Word. You fellowship with God in personal worship. You pray to Him. You you sow the the, the spiritual fruit uh, in your life. And not only that, you sow a spiritual, um, a spiritual life. So, for instance, um, if you are, as a parent, sowing, um, if, if your if your goal is to simply have well-behaved children, you are sowing to please the flesh. But if your goal is to have children that love the Lord Jesus, it's going to affect the way that you discipline, the way that you parent your children. And uh, so you, you, you sow to please the Spirit. Um, in business, uh, when you're out in the, the business world or out at your job, you can sow to please the Spirit by running your business or by running your business affairs to please the Spirit. You're not seeking to earn the next dollar uh, as your first goal. Your, your goal is to glorify God in what you're doing in your job, to, um, 
to make your boss rich and happy by doing your work uh, to the best of your ability to glorify God. And so this is, these are ways that you can sow uh, the Spirit. It begins at the motives. Uh, so we must uh, sow also a spiritual approach to life. We must also sow, sow not in our not only in our own soul, but also in the souls of others. This is going back to last week. Uh, we tend to read the Bible too individualistically. When the Bible is saying that um, the, this, the letter of Galatians is written to the body of Christ at Galatia. The, 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 the letter of Galatians is written to the church. And we 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 are we make mistakes when we simply read it um, individualistically. And so, for instance, Paul is saying, "So uh, to the spirit, so to your own soul, but also soul for the bene- so for the benefit of others." Um, look at verse nine. Uh, let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we ha- have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So your calling in sowing to the Spirit is not simply to read your Bible, not simply... To have personal worship and and personal prayers, it is to be doing good to others. It is to be looking outside of yourselves to sowing good in the lives of other people, whether it be outside of this church, but especially, he says here, especially to those who are the household of faith. So our sowing um, should not simply be for our own benefit. Or as I said last week, um, the, the spiritual fruit tree that God produces in our lives is intended to be out in a public park rather than in our, than in our own backyards. And then lastly, our present faith will lead to a future destination. And I, say, I put the point like this. Because a lack of faith, trying to do good things without faith, uh, will lead ultimately to corruption. As he says here in verse verse 8, The one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. If you try to go about doing good things without faith, you are trying to do good things without the Lord Jesus Christ. Your life is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. You draw spiritual power from the Lord Jesus Christ. He causes His Spirit to live in you. He causes His Spirit to be at work in you. You can do nothing, John chapter 5, verse 15, without Him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. illustrate this to to prove the point of this we live in a capitalistic society it is in our society's interest for people to to, uh, live their lives according to their self interest so they live their lives according to what they think is best for them and many in our country thankfully know that what is best for them is what is best for the whole 
but we are doing it by and large without faith. Even though we are seeking, pursuing self-interest, our culture is going down the tubes, going down the toilet bowl, if you will. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. A lack of faith will lead to sowing to the flesh, which in turn will lead to corruption. We have a corrupt society because we have a society that sows to please the flesh. We have a society that does not have faith in Jesus Christ at its heart. Conversely, faith will lead to sowing to the Spirit, which in turn will lead to everlasting life. And I want to end with this point. It's actually the, the, uh, the most beautiful point that uh, I saw here in, this, in these four principles. And that is, as we are living for the Lord Jesus Christ, as we are loving Him, as we are uh, stepping out in faith... And sowing to please the Spirit. Sowing in our own souls the Word of God, prayer, uh, personal devotion, attendance and worship. Sowing to please others in evangelism and in um, glorifying God as we live our lives. Loving our neighbors as ourselves. As we sow to, to uh, benefit each other in the congregation. As we're doing all those things by faith. The Apostle Paul says that if we don't give up, we will reap eternal life. We are on the path as farmers, if you will. Last week we were all doctors and nurses. This week we're farmers. And as we're living our lives, sowing our seeds, not sowing our wild oats, uh, but sowing our seeds... It will lead to eternal life. I want to end with this illustration. Uh, I read in a couple of different places. Uh, the um, and, and it went something like this. As you are out picking blueberries that eventually will end in blueberry pie and in blueberry jam, not all of those blueberries will make it into the jams and to the pies. Because as you're picking the blueberries, inevitably you're going to stop and you're going to pop those blueberries in your mouth as you're picking them. Since this is um, Brandon, Plant City area, as you're picking strawberries that will eventually end up in strawberry milkshakes and in um, strawberry pies, strawberry shortcakes. As you um, are going through life with the goal of, of eating strawberry shortcake or of, 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 of uh, entering into eternal life, there's a correspondence there. Um, not all of the strawberries that you pick along the way will end in the strawberry shortcake. As you are heading down the life, down the life, God allows us to enjoy eternal life now. He allows us to pop the strawberries in our mouths even as we are popping them. In other words, as you are sowing to please the Spirit, 
as you are dying to yourself so that you can bless those, bless your neighbors, love them as you love yourself, as you are dying to yourself so that you can love each other in the congregation, there are joys that you will experience. There are blessings that you will experience now. They are the, the joys and blessings of those who are the redeemed. They are the joys and blessings of those who who are headed to eternal life. We get to experience those joys now by God's grace. And then, when we die, we get to experience all the joys, blessings, and glories of heaven and get to see our Redeemer face to face. This is what the Apostle Paul is saying. Don't give up. Don't stop short of the goal. And to encourage us, he lets us eat the strawberries as we head toward that eternal life with Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are farmers sowing our seed either to please the flesh or to please the Spirit. Father, I ask that by the power of your Spirit and by our faith and trust in Jesus Christ that you would help us to um, to sow the seeds, um, sow to the Spirit so that we might reap the benefits and the glories and the joys and the blessings that lead to eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. I pray in His name. Amen.